Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. In fact, whenever and wherever you're listening to this, the NI Golf Channel podcast, we're back, myself and Emma, for a wee bit of golfing chit-chat on, dare I say it, Emma, an historic day for European golf. Today, the European Tour officially became the new DP World Tour, and the new look DP World Tour will see total prize money break through the $200 million mark I remember, was it the $200 million man? Was it a $6 million man? It's a $6 million man. Can you imagine how things have changed? Like $6 million was loads. Anyway. You sound like Austin Powers now. <laughs> <laughs> More like mini me. So, <laughs> so anyway, the new DP World Tour has, uh, as I said, $200 million for total prize money and a new minimum prize fund of $2 million for all the tournaments solely sanctioned by the DP World Tour. So Emma, as somebody who's been on the inside and worked for Sky Sports and been involved in the European Tour for many years, is this a good move or a bad move? Uh, well, I think there's a lot of emotional attachment, I would say, more than practical attachment to the to the name of the European Tour at the moment. I mean, there's been discussions about the need or, well, beyond, not necessarily need, I suppose, a few years ago, but about there being a world tour of some description since the European Tour started being, I mean, I've been up many, many an early time in my life in the past to cover the European Tour from China and at various other places and we've had you know the the end of the tour is obviously in Dubai um which is also a bit of a stretch for um traditional you know we've been edging towards this for ages um I think it's very important for lots of reasons um the money is huge like we've just been joking about it but the money is a massive thing and with these other potential rival tours and things being set up potentially in the future um you know in competition with the pga tour and the european tour as was um it's it's necessary maybe some people will think it's a necessary evil but i don't see really how much it's going to change things on a week-to-week basis other than making the tour more competitive and having the proper money to reward people who are loyal to the tour as well because you've not really been you know it's not been tempting the bigger names to to stay um really realistically people have been referring to it as you know the it's almost like challenge tour or corn fairy tour then european tour then pga tour that's why people have been looking at it and so i think it will be make it more competitive and you know be able to reward people who do play more events in it properly and all those things i i think it's a very positive thing and as you know and as people may have heard me talk about before i am not a huge fan of the amount of funding from um sorry that it's coming into the world of golf in general now obviously there are a lot of other people who don't have particularly pleasant um regimes or clean bills of health and the human rights record that golf is involved with but i think where it's as blatant this is a personal opinion obviously not the views of the ni golf channel podcast um but i it makes me very worried about the women's golf tour in general and i'm very glad that the men's is seemingly taking a step away from this and particularly after the announcements with Greg Norman oh. and all that malarkey last week, I think this is a very positive thing. And yeah. hopefully it'll mean that we don't end up being, golf is just, yeah, being sports washed by the um, the Saudi 
influence shall we say so yeah, well, there, there's my half warm monologue for you on no, whether I think it's a good thing what do you reckon that's, 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 a, that's a fair enough point I think from my point of view yes the extra money will hopefully keep some of the better players around I don't think it necessarily will because you know two million dollars is still a long way away from what most events are in a PGA tour, let's be honest. Um, I think some of the other associated knock-ons, which is very important, you know, support the challenge tour, bursary schemes for the leading players coming off it, supporting them. Yep. I also think possibly the biggest thing is that they've got a full schedule again after a couple of yep. very disrupted years with the with COVID and the impact of COVID. They've clearly bitten the bullet now and have decided, right, they're going ahead with a full schedule. They've got 47 yeah. tournaments penciled in, which and is even, very you know, important. Like you say, that full, full schedule is very, very important because even like it's been on the on the wane and there's been no regular sponsors for certain events for years and years, you know, since the last, we've found old now, since the last recession, really, you know, when all the money left the Spanish sponsors there was barely able to get you know the, the mainland Europe events were really struggling like you say that's happened again with COVID so you know to get these regular events and to get it get these events back in you know across the, the main European countries and territories it's it's really important for European golf in general and you know the, like you say the knock-on of that and the knock-on of you know thinking ahead is like we have been talking before about you know European Ryder Cup teams and on all all those aspects of it I think it will have a hopefully positive knock-on effect to it but I've jumped on your bandwagon about the schedule so I'm sure you would more to say sorry Piki. no well just just picking up on the schedules the Irish Open's in there again the Irish Open's are turning to Mount Juliet from June the, oh, June the 30th to July the 1st so congratulations to Mount Juliet first for obviously it was that good last time that they're going back there hopefully fingers crossed they'll get a full crowd and be able to, yes. it'll feel like an Irish Open. And also the ISBS yeah. Honda World Invitational has been penciled in again there, August the 11th, mm -hmm. the 14th up at Galgorm Mazarine, um, which mm -hmm. was great to see those both penciled in early. They're in there. Um, yeah. And there's already been, uh, I think we mentioned before, like the podcast ago, already been an input of money into the Irish Open next year. The price funny is going to be more than that, 2 million standard. So, so yes, I think, you know what? It, it's all sounds and looks very good on the face of it. Um, like anything, we'll have to see how it rolls out and, and how it does impact on on schedules and whether they do start to attract some of the leading players or whether they can somehow, and this won't happen overnight, somehow develop the playing the players that they have and really try and market them a bit better. Because as we said before, you know, yeah. there seems to be an awful focus on who the tour doesn't have at events instead yeah. of really making something of the players to have there. So I'd like to see some investment and in, let's make some of these people household names. The only way to do that is to market it better. So hopefully they'll invest in that. Because like a lot of things, you know, the marketing, the support structures, everything was stripped away there over the last two or three years. And as you said yeah. previously, with, with sponsorship issues. So let's get some money back into those areas. The only thing I was thinking about, and this is possibly slightly off the rails a bit, but um, <laughs> 47, 47 tournaments, 27 different countries. In mm. the period of time where we're talking about COP26, and we're going to have people flying all over the world 
mm-hmm. uh, to golf tournaments and not just people, European tour staff, equipment, everything. It doesn't get shipped, you know, it's shipped and planed and traveled around all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. I would say That's the European great. tour's carbon footprint is particularly large at the minute and larger than normal, if this is what they're talking about. That is a very, very good point. And it's definitely something that they will have to tackle and they need to be tackling. I would hope that there will be some sort of positive footprint's not the right word. Um, blueprint, that's the other, one, the other kind of print put forward by um, Keith Kelly and crew as to what they will be doing in all seriousness to, to tackle this because, you know, every other sport that is well f1's one that springs to mind that is a traveling circus if you like where it is we go here we take everything here and then we up sticks and the next week or in the next fortnight we are miles and miles away and like you say it's not just the people it's all the tv equipment it's you know i suppose from that point of view it's not quite as self-sufficient well contained if you like because a lot of the venues that they go to the events they will be regular you know events holders if you like so it'll be their annual yeah we've kind of got a lot of this structure and everything in place but there's there's so much so much travel and um waste and everything else involved in sport in general but particularly like you say when there's a touring sport like this so um but they will have to be realistic and they you know we've we've um, i don't know if you saw there was a really interesting and important program actually on Sky Sports um, about the impact of climate change and things on, on golf in general. And, you know, we think about it being links courses and things that will be most obviously affected in, in the UK, certainly and, and Europe maybe, but, you know, we, we, at the same time, the sport has to take responsibility and make sure that it's not contributing to this problem everywhere. It's not just because it's going to affect, you know, we're going to lose St Andrews, which is obviously a horrific, thought don't get me wrong I'm not being flippant about that but you know what I mean it's like I think sometimes sport can be a bit like lots of areas like business I suppose in a way because it is a business but very introspective and think well we need to save this because we need to save our sport rather than we need to see the bigger picture and how we're contributing to stuff but but yeah. that's um yeah hopefully they will have something to say about it and yeah, something think, positive and they'll have thought about it yeah well you know it's, it's like a lot of things it is it, it's probably you know we have talked about many sports and how climate change is affecting it and golf and the European tour. Um, you know, in 10 or 15 years time from now, will we be seeing people flying all over the world to play golf? Will that be anathema? Will people say oh, that's not right or will it become too expensive to do it? Or probably not 10 or mm-hmm. 15 years, 20 years from now. It's interesting, but let's that's probably down the line from now in the short term. Um, yes. I agree with you. I think uh, DP World, it probably needed to happen. I think the European Tour was and had become a bit staid over the last few years. I think it's done wonders to keep anything going, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. Um, but maybe this is the injection of life and enthusiasm uh, that mm-hmm. it all needs again. Um, I'm moving on, please. Where are we next? Let us move. Let us have some other golfing news. <clears throat> Here we go. Um, Golf Ireland have confirmed that 19 players will form the 2022 men's and women's high performance squads. 12 women, 12 men even, and seven women, that adds up to 19, yes, have been selected and they'll form the backbone of Ireland's international squads for the coming year. Here is the full list and of course a big well done to everybody who's involved because some of the names on here and the talent involved is quite ridiculous. So Mark Boucher, 
um, Alan Fay, Hugh Foley, TJ Ford, David Kitt, Alex McGuire, Matthew McLean, Jack McDonnell, Robert Moran, Liam Nolan, Peter O'Keefe, Mark Parr, and then the girls, Sarah Byrne, Beth Coulter, Anya, excuse me, Anya, Anya Donegan, Anna Foster, Julie McCarthy, Lauren Walsh, and Annabelle Wilson. And those names are just very familiar to a lot of us, aren't they? For a very good reason. So it's great to see that the investment and the opportunities that they'll hopefully get from there. And frankly go Ireland because yeah it looks like we should be kicking some proverbials with that little lot so <laughs> there we go <laughs> listen just while we're on uh, amateur golf and junior golf in particular last time we were on the podcast we didn't mm-hmm. get an opportunity to rightly celebrate your appearance on Sky Sports <laughs> presenting from the, 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 the Telegraph what is it the Telegraph Masters the Telegraph Juniors right. The Justin, full title, it's a mouthful, the Justin Rose Telegraph Junior Golf Championship. <laughs> well, so you were up close and personal with some of the best young golfers over in the UK. Uh, did you enjoy it? Yes. Was the talent good on the show? Um, I absolutely loved it. It was fantastic. Um, apart from anything, being outside um, for three days, watching them, even though the weather was atrocious for the second day um, at Walton Heath, because it's just so beautiful and so open and just what a challenge for them brilliant opportunity for anyone that age to play that course um, and some of them were taking it apart like to be honest in a ridiculous fashion um but even to get it's like lots of events you know they have qualifiers for this and it, they don't have separate events you can set up like you can apply to have a separate event to qualify for this but generally it's like they'll say right the first round of um the under 16s english open or whatever will be the the qualifying round for this yeah, so whoever yeah, wins yeah. that then then gets the place and things um so i suppose from that point of view it's, it's kind of low maintenance and it's interesting because it, it's because they select rounds like that it doesn't mean that the winners of those big junior events will be there it's a little bit more you have to perform in that particular round but yeah the um the talent's just ridiculous and harley smith he won the boys he won by 13 shots and he was like by the, I don't know what it was going to do to his handicap. I think it was going to make him like plus six or something. So he would have oh. to go around walking oh. in 66 to like make his handicap. Or I mean, it was obscene. He, to be fair, most of the other boys in the competition were like, he's playing a different course from us. This is ridiculous. But, um, but no, it was lovely. And, you know, just to talk to them as well about some of the challenges that they've had over the last couple of years, because for, you know, for kids sounds really patronizing but yeah if they're kids you know playing something like golf that they love and to have when they're trying to make it at this level whether you know they want to turn pro or not you know they've had so much taken away from them during the pandemic and stuff and trying to keep that practice going and I was talking to them asking them how many of them had had like those dodgy nets up in their back gardens how many windows they'd lost all that kind of thing you know and they're they're smiling about it and joking but you know they, they lost so much practice and so much proper time on the golf course like lots of people but when you're this talented and you're trying to get somewhere with your game you know to see how well they were all playing was actually really really good and they also um it's a good event because they have the same number of boys and girls playing as well which is always a big thing for me Very i like good. that which is great and they also had some net winners because they're obviously it's a scratch competition but then they net winners that come along and get to play the course and have a have a few treats and things as well so 
And yeah, it was really good. And obviously, it's hosted by Justin Rose. And so, he's there, yeah. so he's there and chatting to people and giving me tips and a bit of advice. Absolutely, so. yeah, interacting with them and just you know brought the brought the US Open trophy along and his um, Olympic gold medal and they're all like trying them on and just having a great bit of crack with him, you know. And he's he's lovely. He's such a such an yeah. open yeah. person. Roses, when you think about it, the roses have put their name to the, the ladies series. Yeah. He's been involved in that for a while. They're quietly going yeah. about. Leaving, leaving a legacy there beyond their, yeah. their golfing experience, which, which is brilliant. That's what it's about, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and <clears throat> excuse me, as you say, like the roses, because yeah, it's it's Kate. His wife is is massively involved in as well. Although she, um, she jokes about being a professional trophy present presenter, um, and also during the pandemic, she wasn't even allowed to pick up the trophies and hand them to people. So she's like, like on a game show, just sort of gesturing towards the trophy for someone to pick it up. But they really do, you know, they they also have campaigns. I think mainly in America, but for getting kids into reading and things and they really do think about where their money could be spent and what they can support and um for junior golf is yeah it's a it's a big thing for him so yeah it's it's very good very good sticking with the other golf on this side of the pond then back Uh closer to home um evan hogg won the leinster under 14 boys open these these were sort of held around uh, halloween time uh, the Beaver Park yep. golfer defeated Foot Island's John Doyle and Countback after the duo finished on two under par at Royal Tara. Uh, and Morgan Kane, he won the Monster Under 18 Boys um, Open Championship. The court golfer finished on minus seven, three shots clear of Douglas's Mel DC. Meanwhile, Maynooth University's Aaron Marshall is the 2021 Irish University champion, the Lisburn golfer. Um, he actually finished 14th on the Bridgestone Men's Order of Merit mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, he capped off a really solid 2021. He finished on six under par with for a three-stroke win at Port Salon. Uh, fantastic performances from all of them. Um, and back into pro golfland. Um, sad news. Um, Cormac Sharvin's 2021 season. Uh, looks pretty much over after he had a positive COVID test, which has ruled him out of travelling to Dubai for the Aviv Dubai Championship. He's currently ranked 168th on the race to Dubai standings, um, but he will have some status on tour next year. They get they get a certain amount of yeah. exemptions. Yeah. And, and Yeah, I think the tour, because of the whole COVID rights. thing, yeah, because yeah. of the COVID thing, because there's no still no um, tour school, they've, they've tried yeah. to support them somehow, yeah. Which is really really good but ultimately when you want to go out and play and do your absolute utmost and have it in as much in your own hands as you can it's it's highly highly disappointing um but Padraig Harrington and Johnny Caldwell are in action with Caldwell needing a very strong finish to reach the DP World Tour Championship where's um, Park, Park. Sure. Where, where is he sitting at the minute because it's top oh 50, he's sitting just mm-hmm. just outside the hundreds yeah although um, last week was very positive he did so, okay he did okay yeah. but like it, it's I don't know what way to look at it, but I think that Porrig Harrington could end up, you know, playing his way into the Tour Championship. But some of our our younger competitors are maybe not making mm. it through is a bit disappointing yeah. to say the least anyway. Talking about people yeah. clinging on to status, Stephanie mm. Meadows in action at this week's Pelican Championship on the LPGA. Um, she's in the field on a sponsor's invite. She's also around the 100 mark on the on their sort of rankings. So she needs another good finish to secure her playing rights, full privileges for next season as well. So it's getting to that stage of the year. It's getting to squeaky bum time. 
some of these players. Now, listen, as we're talking about the end of the year, and since it's Mm -hmm. getting into silly season and we can sit here and talk about things not necessarily tournament related, um, Mm -hmm. I think maybe it's time to start chatting about the NI Golf Channel podcast's 2021 Irish Golfer of the Year. And I'm talking about the calendar year, not the Mm -hmm. golfing year, because that definitely Mm -hmm. confuses everybody. Um, and this is a personal opinion, of course. It's hard to work out which criteria you would use. As I said, <laughs> it's one person. It's male or female. It's across amateur mm. or professional golf. Throw mm. up a few names for you here to consider. Peter yep. O'Keefe, amateur mm. golf. Uh, leading the way, Irish Gloats, an Irish amateur winner. Making a yep. march up the golfing rankings, world golf rankings. This is a man who was an amateur, turned pro, returned to the amateur ranks, and is really leading the way. Um, he is on my short list, definitely. Yeah. Walker Cup, possibly Walker way. Cup. That would be an incredible story, wouldn't it? Walker Cup. Uh, yeah. Amazing. And then you've got Seamus Parr, obviously, with his breakthrough win on the PGA mm-hmm. Tour at the Barbasol Championship. Obviously, you have to think about Leona Maguire. How could you not think of Leona Maguire and her, mm-hmm. her exploits at the Solheim Cup? What a what an mm-hmm. impact she made. Just sheer impact, maybe. That would be criteria enough. Or how about this for left field? What about big Darren Clark, who's a two-time winner on the PGA Champions Tour this year? When I say this year, 2021, he's actually won three times inside the last sort of 11 months or so but then one of his wins was sort of in november last year so those are a few of the names and i'm sure people might have some others and emma you might have some more yourself like for example emma rory mcelroy had two wins this year could you seriously say rory mcelroy had a bad season no, you can't. And we, as we as we talked about talked about in uh, the last episode, it, it's you know it's not reinvented Rory. It's not Rory Mark Two. It looks like it's it is the return. It is um, you know original Rory in in many ways, and that's what we all want and we all love. And so, but then we come back to the expectation and the well, you know, he's the most talented person in the entire world, so he should be winning at least once or twice. And we're all very disappointed when he doesn't. Um, and hopefully this will, like we said, then kickstart a little, you know, hopefully there won't be too much gap between that win and the next, um, yeah, action from Mr. McElroy. But I don't think, you know, if we're taking every, you know, amateurs and everything into, um, into account, I don't think that whatever criteria we're using, I mean, it's personal opinion. So my personal opinion is that that his great performance, even though I was getting emotional about it and I still am emotional about it, um, I don't think you can say that that was making him more of Irish golfer of the year than, you know, Shane Lowry's return to form and and absolutely given his all to make the Ryder Cup team. And maybe he had to rely on the pick in the end, but he played his absolute heart and soul out and he held Rory together in that Ryder Cup. And, you know, we couldn't have been prouder of him. He was amazing. Beth Coulter in the amateur ranks, what a season, year, whatever we're, year, we're going year, year she's had, you know, winning the, the uh, girls' amateur close and coming second in the women's amateur close amongst ridiculous other achievements. Um, Johnny Caldwell even, you know, the, the uh, you know, when did he first get on tour? 2008. And he's only had, what is it, just over 45 actual 
appearances on the European tour in that time and then he's finally had his breakthrough win you know there's there's it depends what criteria you're using but I am going to go not just pure impact in the Solheim Cup but I am fangirling for Leona for this the whole way I'm afraid she has had a hell of a year a hell of a year you know the the top 20s she's had like 10 top 20s on the LPGA and I think all of all but one of those maybe her first start was like top was 16th or something but the rest of them are even top 15s she had five top 10s she played ridiculously well in all the majors you know we said after the Solheim Cup that the proof in the pudding will be whether she takes the form into into tour life and also the different level of competition that she'll face out there but when you look at how she was getting on you know when she finished second twice and that was what was she tied like she can finish second to Nelly Corda and then she was tied with Nelly Corda and in B Park in Se Young Kim that's like pretty you can't really be sniffing average at that company, company can you? That's average company. yeah so you know these are the people I was tied second with yeah you may have heard of some of them in passing I mean I just and then you know the four she was the only person who played all five um sessions in in the Solheim Cup she took people down left right and center her teammates adored her her captain had ultimate faith in her and her absolute bit between the teeth and determination and you know she'd won got what four four and a half points out of that five it's just like yeah she is yeah I am I am mic dropped to right. Leona McGuire frankly it's hard to look past that you have to be honest with you when you when you yeah. put it like that um, when about, you put it like that I think, yeah. the thing, the thing about Rory McIlroy having a good or bad year is that I seem to remember years ago that Rory decided that, now obviously Rory has evolved over the years and he probably looked back and his comment and say <laughs> it, it, he doesn't stand by it now, but back then he just said it was only a great year if he's won a major. So yeah. by his own high standards and by his own comments, he's kind of stunk himself out there. Um, <laughs> I, I think for golf of the year, I... I find it very difficult to look past. I do find it very difficult from an emotional point of view, looking past Johnny Caldwell, considering what yep. he's been through. Um, yep. That's very difficult, you know, such a such a great result. I think um, Darren Clark's breakthrough performances late on the PGA Tour Championship is very strong. Rebecca Gardner there on, uh, on, yes. from Glamby Bay, who won a number Glamby of the other championships. Yeah, brilliant. Had a very, very strong year as an amateur. But for me, the Peter O'Keefe story is the one that I think is particularly interesting. Oh, I do love that. I, it's That is just, it's brilliant. It's yeah, brilliant. I think just from a story point of view, you may say, yeah. you know, he's not going and winning major tournaments over in America. He's not won the amateur, the, the amateur championship. He's not won US Open. Up. But this is a fella who was, was a turn, tour pro, went back, didn't make it, went back to the amateur ranks, got back his, 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 uh, his amateur status continued to play, has probably got better. He's still yeah. he's got married, he's got children, he runs a business, and he still is leading some of the younger fellas in Irish amateur golf, mm-hmm. Murray Dance. And yep. you know, the ultimate story, just from a from a journalism story point of view, it's probably the story of the year. You could say, you know, John Murphy making getting his challenge to a card. And yeah. two or three starts is a very good story as well, but the Peter O'Keefe stories is there's a bit of romanticism in there. Oh, there's a there's a 
there's a wee bit of sort of real life. I always find, you know, the amateurs is is real uh-huh. life. Um, uh, um, and you know, these are guys that, that you, guys and girls, and you can actually there's you, you can actually relate to. Like, there's Paula Grant still working as a mm-hmm. Paula Grant still works as an optician or up from up person anyway. I can't say that word, but I person, I person, yeah. So. <laughs> I think essentially for me, Peter O'Keefe would be the one that, that I would pick as my golfer of the year right now. Now that said, you know, we're talking about this. This is the 9th of November, Emma. And there's still, there's still tournaments. There's still tournaments left on the PGA tour for next season. True. And True. you know, Seamus Park could go one, one, one over the next three weeks. And suddenly we'll come back in three weeks' time and say, Oh, by the way, golf of the year oh, yeah. is Seamus Park. Yes. Well, he has, well, hasn't he broke, he's broken into top 100 now, hasn't yeah, he? So he's, yeah. he's bubbling away. He's oh, bubbling he's, away. He's, he's definitely, I think somebody said last week, I think Greg played with Graham McDowler recently, and Graham yeah. was very positive about him as well. So yeah. that, that, that just shows that he's obviously getting there in terms of solidifying himself on tour. But mm-hmm. for me, it's Peter. For you, it's Leona. I'm sure other yeah. people will have their own opinions. We might come back yes. to this. I think we'll do one more podcast, Emma, before the end of the year after the DP World Championship. We'll do a wee bit of social round just to see if we can get a bit of interest as well. In yes. terms of today's podcast, that's us. That's us done for the day. Thank you Aww. very much, as always, for coming on to chat. Um, mm-hmm. Golf's more or less wrapped up for the year. Emma, I did have a wee win, but recently. Oh, ben in the Ulster, in the Ulster Press Golf Society. We played the Hilton Temple Patrick last week on a beautiful uh-huh. crisp autumn day. I kept it in the fairway, so I didn't lose <gasps> golf balls under the leaves. And I finished with 38 <laughs> points and I won a wee prize. You're really so-and-so. I know, I know. It's just, I'm, I'm very good when I slip clean sheet. Mm. when I'm playing lifting in place I'm a hell of a golfer but when I have to play normal I'm awful so there you go it's always nice to get a wee win on your belt as the season finishes if you're coming back um, one more podcast I think for the end of the year as always keep in touch with us follow us on social media and um, hopefully we'll speak to you soon cheerio everybody yeah. bye alright don't touch me see you shaking that ass